Congratulations, you found it. This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are Three Book Girls. We had a bit of a weird thing happen today because since our Friday nights have disrupted our entire schedule, okay, usually we'll do the podcast on Friday nights, but there have been so many circumstances that have changed that over the last several weeks that we've ended up not doing it on Friday nights. For example, this week was Bonnie's... Uh, son's birthday. birthday. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, we can't do the podcast on Friday night. And next Friday night, I have a remote at Whitewater Bay, so we can't do it that Friday night. So Sundays are sort of becoming the default for us. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and usually we do it at 3 o'clock on Sundays, but we changed right. it up this week. Right. We changed it up a little bit, said 2 o'clock, but then Vonica, Vonica, Bonnie, Bonnie, supposed to tell Jessica, <laughs> So Vani told Jessica, but Jessica's friend was reading the text, and he said 12. So she drove clear from Jones for the podcast and texted us and said, where are you guys? We're like, uh, it's noon. Yeah. we're Oops. at home. Don't let your drunk friends read your text to you. <laughs> I didn't even question either. He was so like, it takes us 30 minutes to get up here from my house. So I was like, okay, tell her to go shopping, or I know she can go get us Starbucks. <laughs> so now... I'm For not those a of you who drinker. don't know this, Jessica does not participate in the Starbucks culture. No, I'm well, not a she, coffee drinker. She drinks the non-coffee. But only item. because we go there. Yep. Yeah. And so, you have to have a language. It's a different language when you go to when you yeah. order from Starbucks. So I'm it trying really to is. order you guys' like, things, and I'm like, and sh- something about almond milk, and I, and the lady goes, just like, I'm pretty sure she thought I was slow. Like, like, it's just like, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm saying. So I don't know what these things are. I don't know what a macchiato is. I don't know what that means. I don't know that. Macchiato is my go-to drink. It's actually, you know, baristas are weird about this because it's supposed to have a layer of coffee and a layer of milk, Mm -hmm. respectively. And then the caramel, of course, you know, floats Right, wherever it... Wherever it floats. Yeah. And if it's iced, the caramel goes to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is when you're drinking a macchiato with a straw, you drink it, it sort of defeats the purpose because it's impossible to get the layers like you would if you were going to tip the cup and drink it. Right. So it's sort of a pointless, ep- thing. Um, a pointless thing for a barista to do to make an iced one but, but for some reason i still like the macchiato better than a latte i know that when you mix it it's probably exactly the same but I but like it, it doesn't better. feel the same why. i kind of like just, the pockets of bitter and sweet myself maybe because macchiato is so fun to say i want a macchiato and it's got caramel in it but yeah. just to make you feel better when i very <laughs> first started ordering starbucks after they put the starbucks over there on reno and macarthur yeah um I had no clue how to order the coffee, and I'd be like, I'd go up, and I'd be like, I want a um, medium 
one that has caramel and, and they ice. And they hate and, that. Especially people waiting in line behind you hate that because they're all yeah, devotees, like, to the worshipers. Coffee. Right. To the shrine of Starbucks. And they're like, oh my God, newbie, get out of the way. Oh, I know. Well, I have a friend who goes to Tulsa and she's like a coffee buff. Like that's Mm -hmm. like she lives in coffee shops where she does her homework. Like that's her thing. And so whenever she comes back, she's like, let's go get coffee. And I'm like, I don't drink coffee, but I'll go with you because I love you. And so the like. Our con- my condition is is that she has to order something for me because I never know what to order, <laughs> and she knows how what my taste buds are like. She's like she needs something sweet, little or no coffee at all because it makes me really jittery. And so Sarah will go up there and order it for me because I don't I refuse I don't well, want to. Well, now you have been plunged in, kicking and screaming world. to the to coffee, coffee culture, mm-hmm. just you because of your association with I us. I forgot to tell you that was a requirement to be a. A three book girl. You have to drink coffee. A book girl, or at least you know. At least Starbucks. know the lingo, dude. Really. Oh. At least Starbucks. I'll I'll have to. I need to be bilingual apparently to order at Starbucks. Now Nicole <laughs> is still with us. It's just that the tragedy continues in her family. Her grandmother unfortunately did just pass away mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, so she's probably not going to be back with us for a little while. And we will respect her mourning, and we'll get back to her whenever. She's still part of us. It's just that she has to take a little break for a while. Right. She hasn't been replaced. No. We just added a new. We just added a new face to our book family. Yes. Because and, now we're not so much just three book girls. Because now we have Jessica and we have Josh. Right. And we then had we have Kelly for a while. Yeah. But she moved. Kelly so. moved to Dallas. She deserted us. That bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get her back. No, but uh, and and as we go on, we'll have guests throughout the year. Why are we talking about all this? Because today is drumroll, please, our fiftieth episode. That's kind of cool. And now we're going to have to celebrate in a couple of weeks for our one year anniversary. Right, because that's coming up pretty soon. Our one year. Yep. So we've got a picture on our on our podcast. Thing that you might have noticed has some of the books we read throughout the year with our little 50 on there. Right. Well, mm-hmm. it will be. It's not right. Well, it will be by the time. By the time they hear this, it will be. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> <laughs> don't judge me. Isn't there a song that says don't judge me? Maybe there should be a pop song saying don't judge oh. me. What's what's that? That one. Don't rush me. Remember that one. <laughs> What's that one? Um, who the hell is it? Married to Whitney Houston. Bobby. Oh, Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown song. Everybody's talking all this stuff about me. Why don't they just let me be? I don't need permission to make life, life decisions. That's my prerogative. My prerogative. My prerogative. Okay. Yeah, but that's a little different than don't judge me. I think we should do one on guilty. Uh, pop song about guilty pleasures and call it don't judge me. Guilty pleasures. It'll go really great with our patented episode. Right. <laughs> patent pending. <laughs> is audio is audio considered a patent? <laughs> we have it on record. <laughs> For real. We thought of it first, damn it. Back off. <laughs> oh my. Oh so another Another beautiful week in Oklahoma City. It was so hot that as I was leaving the target yesterday afternoon between work jobs. I really felt that if I stopped moving, my flip-flops would melt to the asphalt. It was so hot. Yeah. It's 
It's been miserable. The heat index was well above 110 yesterday. It was awful. It was really hot. Well, you know, Thursday, it was hot. Yeah. And um, my son is a lifeguard. That's what he's doing right now. And um, he actually covered somebody else's shift, so he ended up being outside at the pool from 7.30 in the morning until 6.30 at night. Holy crap. And he said that, you know, because you have to... And he's a redhead. Well, he's got a lot of red in his hair, but he's freckled. Oh, no. And luckily, I have nailed into his head the importance of sunscreen. So he's been really good about the sunscreen this year. Oh, that's good. But um, he said that when they switch stations, you know, you have to walk across the asphalt and you're barefoot. Mm. I mean, you don't have shoes uh, on. And he oh. said that you just you just have to, like, just walk real quick. Because you can't so run because they'll say, don't run! Right. You can't run because <laughs> you don't want the kids to run around the pool. And breaking rules, setting bad examples. But the pavement is so hot that it, you know, just to walk yeah. across it to the next station which, I mean, it's shaded in the stations, but to walk yeah. across it, I just, yeah. Or I don't know if it's shaded in the stations, to tell you the truth. But I think they sit down. They don't stand up. So. I wouldn't want to sit on that. You burn your ass cheeks. No, mm-hmm. I mean in chairs. Oh. They don't make them sit on the pavement. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it, it has been a super, super hot week here. And you know what happens on super hot days? It's just like a really cold day. Everyone stays inside and... Reads. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I do yeah. pretty much all the time. It doesn't have to <laughs> doesn't have to be dependent. I was out in my garden reading the other day. Oh, when you were weeding? Yeah, audiobooks. Audiobooks. The yeah. magic of technology. I floated around the pool with an audiobook. It was great. Did you? Yeah. That would be it's cool. probably part of the reason that my phones end up in the pool like twice. It still works, but it's been in there twice. <laughs> you need that one that's waterproof. That one I that really, just came really out. Do. Probably why it dies all the time. <laughs> I was I was listening to my audiobook when I was doing dishes today. Did that count? And sitting on the couch, not going to Walmart like I was supposed to. Yeah, oh. which is the reason we have no cake. But I was not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> Listen. Uh oh, she's getting. Too bad I don't have the guns here. She would shoot me. I don't see you going to Walmart. To You're get right. Stuff I did cake. not. I did not. I did not. I really don't like to go there, especially on a Sunday. It's rough in there. It's, it's like the so apocalypse. Like a bunch on of cutthroats trying to everybody trying to get their crap done before the next week starts. Doomsday prepping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what it doomsday is. prepping. Yeah. But I have to. That's go. how I feel about Mondays. Like yeah, yeah, your doomsday. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that is why everybody goes on Sunday. Yep. Well, this week doomsday. I didn't even get a Sunday because I worked all day yesterday. As soon as we finish the podcast, I'm going on the air to work this afternoon. No. No rest no, for the wicked. No rest for the wicked, and I'm really wicked. Speaking mm-hmm. of wicked, let's get on with this podcast already. Mm-hmm. Cripes. I think you were talking just as much as everyone else. I wasn't. Don't be getting all pissy with us. I'm not getting pissy with you. I'm getting <laughs> pissy with some, my, myself. I'll find something else to throw at you. Just because I don't have a gun doesn't mean I can't be violent. <laughs> okay, who wants to go first? <laughs> you want to go first, Jessica? I can. I've been... Re- I watched... The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and I realized like that a bunch of the characters are from books that I've already read, but on some of them I didn't really know. So I started reading through the books for that that I don't know, 
And I'm really under impressed with everything that I've read so far. That so I'm not going to talk about a terrible movie. Yeah, it wasn't great, but I was curious where some of these characters came from because the other ones were all from books. And I was like, I don't recognize some of these names. Oh, I see. So I want to know what these books oh, are. Okay. And so I started reading The Invisible Man by H.G. Wells. And unless it like has some super stellar ending, I'm just not impressed. So I'm going to talk about my favorite author. Okay. Kurt Vonnegut is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite people. Like he is most famous for Slaughterhouse Five, which was excellent. It's an excellent book. And so that was the first book I read. And then um, I've read a few more, and I'm going to talk about Player Piano, which is... What did you say? Player Piano? Player Piano. I've never heard of that It's one. like a... Okay, so tell me what... what why should I read it? another like classic dystopian novel, basically. Like, um, Love dystopians. Me too. Like Brave New World, 1984. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, it's about... There's been a third world war, and... Everything is basically run by this machine. Like you take a test, there's this big machine, you put, get a card with your test score and it picks what jobs you're suited for. Like, oh, just like Futurama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Futurama does do that. Yeah, where they put a chip in your hand <laughs> that says what your job is going to be and if you don't have a chip, you don't exist. Oh, yeah. And it's basically like the world's divided up into like the smart people and the dumb people basically. In a nutshell, hmm. like you have the managers who run everything and basically all the main jobs are taken by machines after this third world war. They had to make all these machines to supply the war effort. So when everybody came back, there's no jobs because the machines do everything and they do it more efficiently. Oh. And like basically. So what use are humans anyway? Yeah. It's interesting. That's and pretty scary. The main character is uh, Paul Proteus and he's the son of one of like the main people who made all these machines and like they're real big into the patriotism of how great machines are and stuff like that. But he kind of starts thinking like he goes across the bridge to where all the poor people and the not so intelligent people live and he sees how like sad they all are because they don't have a purpose because they don't have a real job like they're provided for. They don't have a thing that they do. Oh, I see. So... Because they they aren't contributing and yeah. they don't have a routine, they are sad. And they really, really hate all the managers and the engineers who make the machines. And the more machines they make, the more people they end up replacing. Like all their fr- like some of one of his friends loses his job because they made a machine to take over his job. Oh. And like all these kinds of crazy stuff. So basically they end up starting a rebellion against like the government and all of the managers and engineers and Paul and his friend end up heading it. And it's really, really interesting. It's a good book. I think it's all of his books are satires on something or other. And I think it kind of makes a pretty good statement about like standardized testing. Almost standardized testing sucks. It really does. Because like everybody has to, they go through like, you know, your grade school kind of stuff. And then you take this test and based on what you make on this test, the one time you get to take it, you either get to go to get your doctorate and whatever and be an engineer and a manager and make the big money or you get put in like the army or the reeks and wrecks. That would probably be where I would have ended up. Yeah, it's just like, sadly, it's interesting. And I absolutely love his style, but he's definitely one of those people that you have to read the book to like totally understand him because all of his stuff is it's a it's an odd style, but I love it because it's So different. what you're saying is if I tried to read Kurt Vonnegut on audio, it wouldn't work? I don't think you get, like, the full effect. Like, really? It's one of those things that I really, really like to, like, read, I think, but just because it's different. Hmm. I'm going to take that as a challenge. Do it. 
I'm going to see if I can find myself some Kurt Vonnegut on audio and see if I can do it. <laughs> do it. But I think you're right because there are some books where the full impact mm-hmm. of the lyrical quality of the writing does you can't really take time to appreciate it because you can't go a lot of times I find myself going man that was brilliant god what a brilliant sentence mm-hmm. but then by the time I've recognized that it's a brilliant sentence and wanted to go back and read it again I'm already mm-hmm. you know five sentences later oh yeah and some of his books are just really different like um breakfast of champions is written about a guy that has like he's mentally like insane he thinks that everybody else is, are robots designed to like test him it's weird and you get like hmm, i'm i'm sensing a theme here <laughs> yeah he doesn't like i think he doesn't like robots much there's also sirens of titan which is about like basically there's these aliens and he's trying to communicate with his planet and like everything on earth is his way of trying to communicate it's like the great wall is like a message to his people like some of his stuff is really weird huh. but his style like puts you in the mind of these people so it's kind of hard to like I feel like it would be harder with an audiobook. I've never tried, but it's really, really interesting. And he's one of my all-time favorite people to read. So if you had to pick one Kurt Vonnegut book? To start, like, a yeah, new person, start out. I'd start with Slaughterhouse-Five. because I've already like, read Slaughterhouse-Five, which it was very good. And then the second one I read was The Sirens of Titan, but it, it's weird. <laughs> it's real weird. You're telling me it's weird? Yeah, you, <laughs> Hello? you thrive on weirdness. <laughs> weird is my bailiwick. Sirens of Titan is, mm-hmm. but it's really, really good. And I loved Breakfast of Champions, and I loved Player Piano. They're like I haven't not liked any of the books that I read by him. Hmm. Like one of my all time favorites, and they keep you like wrapped up in it. You're not ever like bored with the book. Hmm. That's good. It keeps your interest. Mm-hmm. So, title and artist one more time of that book. Player Piano by Kurt Vonnegut. Awesome on the list. Got it on the list. <laughs> awesome. And if you don't mind, if I go next, my book kind of. Ties in with her book a little bit. Okay. She said that society is divided in this dystopian universe between the dumb and the smart. Basically. Stupid and smart. Yeah, and then it's also like a class system. They don't make as much money either. But Okay. Well, I read one which is totally out of my style. I'm pretty sure it's a young adult book. And it's about a dystopian universe. And they're divided between uglies and pretties. Hmm. Once yeah. again, I'm the short end of that stick. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> well, their idea of pretty and our idea of pretty are kind of different. Um, mm-hmm. The book's called Uglies by Scott Westerfeld. Mm-hmm. And what it is, it's like way in the future, like um, our generation, our society, which we would call the uglies, mm-hmm. are all have all passed away and... This is like the next generation. And um, because of a problem with the petroleum supply, they no longer have anything that runs on oil. All oil-based stuff no longer exists. Hmm. So it's a totally different kind of society. And in this society, one of the ways that they create peace and so that there's no judgment and no racism, 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 <laughs> everyone, when they reach a certain age, which the town that the main character in this book is from is 16, they go for extreme cosmetic surgery. So everyone 
basically looks the same. I mean, not exactly the same. Um, they What they do is when you're getting about of age to have the surgery, you go in and you look at your different morphed faces and you pick which one you want and that's what the, they make you look like. But everybody is has the same body type. Everybody is the same height. Everybody's exactly the same. It'd be boring. Wow. You Just know, think about the clothing industry alone. If everybody's the same size... Well, they don't have money anymore. And the same height. Nothing is is bought on on currency. You basically put in a thing. It's kind of like Star Trek. You you dial the little thing on the wall and it spits out whatever you want. Huh. And you don't, so you don't actually buy anything. You just, if you need clothes, you tell the wall that you want it and it gives it to you. Mm -hmm. So everything that you have is given to you. And as you, um grow tired of it or don't need it anymore it's automatically recycled it's like their buildings are like smart quote unquote kind of like our smartphones or something like and it automatically knows when you don't need it anymore like in one of the scenes they drop a, a mask on the floor and she doesn't pick it up right away and it's automatically recycled it automatically turns to dust it's sucked up by you know something near the Aruba. floor, and it's <laughs> turned into it's automatically recycled into something else. Huh. So it's a very different kind of society than what we're used to now. And the reason why I say I think that their pretty is different than what our pretty is is later in the book if they find some old magazines and they're looking at models from the books mm-hmm. who we would consider you know extreme pretty. And they think that they're, they call them uglies. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. But Just like sort of like when we look at pictures from our hair in the 80s, we think it's hideous. But at the time, we thought it was gorgeous. Right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Okay. I didn't think my hair was that ugly. But thank you for that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of thinking of myself, think- really, in my mullet. But okay. And dang it, tight rolled jeans are cool. <laughs> Whatever you say. Anyways, what this book is about is the main character, Tally, is almost of age to get the surgery. She's This is just a little bit before her 16th birthday. And her best friend has already gone and had the surgery. And he lives in a different town. Because once you have the surgery, you live in Prettyville. And you completely segregated from the ugly population. And... uh so she's getting ready for the surgery, but she's also really lonely because her best friend has already had the surgery and she hasn't, so she can't talk to her best friend. There's no... Oh, that's depressing. Right. And um, the uglies, before they, before they have the surgery, they like to play quote-unquote tricks, which they do something like they rebel. You know, yeah. they do something rebellious and stupid. And like um, she... Like before their surgery? Right, before their surgery. After their surgery, they really, I mean, they're in the limelight, they're in society, they're partying with their friends, they don't have any responsibilities. So there's really no reason to to play tricks. That reminds me of Brave New World, like how they just don't don't have any responsibilities really. It does have some some, Some, uh, parallels, yeah. I haven't read Brave New World. Brave New New World World was excellent. It's amazing. Way ahead of its time. Aldous Mm -hmm. Huxley was great. It's amazing. Mm. But, sorry. Can okay. You? Yeah. okay. Where's my nerf gun? <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to start shooting me. 
<laughs> but uh, um, she meets this new girl and becomes friends with her, and her name is Shay. And their birthday is actually on the same day. So they're supposed to go have surgery at the same time. But Shay is questioning having the surgery and why she has to have the surgery to be considered pretty. And there's um, this outcast society of people who don't want to have the surgery and they like run away when they're still uglies before their surgery and they live in the smoke. This, the outcast society is called the smoke and which is separate from the pre-transitional ugly town, right? Ugly Ugly town Town is, um, where the uglies live. Prettyville is where the pretties live. They weren't real imaginative (laughs) with the names of their town and where, the rebels and the outcasts who don't want to have the surgery live is called the smoke. Okay. All right. Okay. And so she talks about wanting to run away and go to the smoke, and she's trying to talk Tally into it. And Tally can't understand why anyone wouldn't want to be pretty, why they want they would want to stay ugly. But like we find in so many things, she, by questioning, by Shay questioning Tally about it, it raises enough of a, trigger in her brain that she starts questioning the surgeries too yeah well Shay runs away and she goes to the smoke tally does not go with her she stays there and they have these like kind of like policemen they're called um i can't remember they're called like they're the specials but i can't remember the full name of them um they've actually been following Shay for a while because they thought that she would run away and they don't want people rebelling against a surgery and living in the smoke right? because they don't want the same problems that occurred 300 years ago when the Rusties, which would be us, mm-hmm. were living. And um, so Shay runs away and because Shay ran away, they start questioning Tally and they actually blackmail her and tell her that she can't have her surgery Unless she does this spy mission and tries to go to the smoke so that she can reveal the location to the specials. Dang. Uh-huh. Right. So she does it because she wants the surgery. You right. know, she's questioning it, but not enough not to have the surgery. Right. Because she wants to go with her other friends and everything else and go to parties and be a teenager, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, when she goes to the smoke, she meets enough people and learns enough information that she doesn't want the surgery anymore and she doesn't want the specials to come find the smoke. The smoke. So the tracking device that they give her, she tries to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't work and the specials come and they take over mm-hmm. and everything. And it's just, it's a really interesting book in the way of, you know, and Tally has this one mindset that there's pretty and there's ugly and there's no in between. Right. And then she talks to Shay and she starts questioning what's really pretty and what's really ugly. And then she goes to the smoke and then people who have never had the surgery, once she gets to know them and knows their personalities, they become pretty to her. They become beautiful in her mind because she learns their personalities. So then right. it makes her question even more to the point that she doesn't want the surgery because... It's kind of like, you know, everybody always says, 
if you're pretty on the outside, it doesn't necessarily mean you're pretty on the inside. Yeah, right. my mother always said that. That's what they tell ugly little girls. <laughs> well, that's what they tell me. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Same. <laughs> but, I mean, it's people's personalities that makes them ugly or pretty. To, it's very true, though. It, it is. to me. It, it does is to true. Me. Well, it's a really backwards way to go about it. Like, they're trying to stop racism by making everybody look the same. Right. Instead of fixing the mentality that you're different because you look different. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not a person because you look different than someone else. It's a else. very shallow way of trying to fix the problem. That's not going to work. But, yeah, that's weird. But really... If you if you think about it, it's really not that far off of where we're headed. If you look at the U.S. versus England, for example, okay, you look at the television, okay? The television here, all of the actors have beautiful white straight teeth and lots of plastic surgery and body work and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And the then kind you of look people at the that actors. you watch and instantly feel bad about yourself. Exactly. And then you watch British telev- television and you have some crooked yellow teeth and balding men and bad clothes. And it looks real. Right. It looks like real people. It looks like real people. It looks like, you know, the guy walking down the street over there, which, yeah. in my opinion, is much superior. I like it a lot more than watching a bunch of pretty people prance around on stage because it looks fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I mean, not to say that every everybody in English. Not, in well, no, no, and obviously English television that's, that's is ugly a wide, because they're not. wide generalization. I'm just saying, right? Because Which, what makes that? one person pretty, or what's pretty in one person's mind, isn't necessarily pretty in yeah, it's all about context. the next person. Right? That's exactly. very true. That's very true. So, what was your what was your takeaway uh, review on on the book? Um, I really liked it. Like I said, I don't usually read young adult books. I know I've talked about it on the podcast before. I just, they don't hold my interest usually. Right. This one did hold hold my interest and I really enjoyed it. Probably not enough to go on to the second book because I think there's like four books in the series and the next one's called The Pretties. Mm-hmm. And I probably won't read the next one, but I really did enjoy this book. And this one's the one that was recommended to me by a lady at work who her friend was reading it and she knew that I read. So she wanted to get my opinion of the book to compare it to her friend's opinion. (laughs) So, uh, Uglies by Scott Westerfeld. Awesome. Well, I had a really hard time trying to decide what I was going to talk about because as usually happens, the book that I'm reading at this moment is so good and I'm so focused on it that all of the other books that I've read over the last three weeks, which I have a ton of them, a shit ton, as I would say, have all vanished from my mind because I'm so focused on this one right now, which is so good and I can't wait to share it with you. But um, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back in time a little bit. Um, and I will go with Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz. I've read a couple of books by Anthony Horowitz before, and some of them I didn't really like all that much, but the writing style was pretty good, and I always like giving people another chance, and I'm glad I did, because I really liked this one. Um, it was it was very much um, sort of a, a spoof on murder mystery writers, <laughs> because the guy who is the main character of the book or in the main focus of the book also is a mystery writer. And he writes very formulaic 
quote, Agatha Christie type novels. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the his his editor, the girl who basically has to put up with this pompous ass of a guy who she doesn't really like him. He's kind of a jerk, but she really likes his books. Mm-hmm. She really enjoys that style of book. And I can kind of understand that because I like I like murder mysteries, especially British murder mysteries, very much. Mm-hmm. So she gets his book in the mail, we call it, his manuscript. manuscript. And she's supposed to read through it. And she talks to her editor and he... He says, I've read this and or I'm, I'm reading it now and we can get together to discuss it. Well, she reads it and it's all there except for the last chapter. Oh. So she's all, God, damn it. Talking about cliffhanger. They forgot the last chapter and all this other stuff. Well, before you know it, he's found dead, supposedly by suicide. Without reading the last chapter? No, the the, the author. No, yeah. I meant without the... Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So she goes in search of the last chapter because her editor says he doesn't have it. And they search and they can't find it anywhere. So then she... It's just really bothering her. So she starts doing her own investigation, which, you know, about half of the murder mystery books you read somebody's doing their own investigation so it's kind of fun because she's not really the typical type of person that would go after an answer especially because she didn't really like this guy he's kind of a jerk but she liked the book and she wants to read that last chapter well it's like she feels responsible somehow for the guy because she was his editor right you know plus the company that she works for it's a small publishing house and she's supposed to take over as the big cheese of the Mm -hmm. company and unfortunately if they don't have that manuscript then they're in a fold so they need it he's their headliner they've got to have that book in order to survive so hilarity ensues i shouldn't say hilarity um it's just basically she's going after answers and as she gets deeper and deeper she starts to realize that it doesn't look like the guy actually killed himself right starting to look a little bit more like (gasps) murder (laughs) dun 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 (laughs) yeah and it's really not a funny book it's not funny um is it quirky uh no not really it's it is more along the lines of a serious murder mystery type book but i liked it because it provides a puzzle in a very unique way. Hmm. It's an it's a layer of puzzle because you find out that this guy, who's the writer, hated writing the kinds of books that he wrote. Mm-hmm. And he wrote them in such a way that the books themselves created a puzzle. Oh. A puzzle to his death? A puzzle within or a puzzle a puzzle within Within his books for a really smart person to maybe solve. Oh. They go into his real life? I mean, a puzzle to what? It, well, What's... I don't want to say too much. Because if I say too much, it's going to ruin it. Yeah, but you're you're leaving you're leaving the a, hanging All chat. I'm just saying is it's an extra layer of puzzle. In his books. So it's like a secret. Right. Like that he's thing. actually written into it. 
and it's really, really in-depth. He's written nine books, I think, with the same character. And I think he kills off the character in the last book by suicide. Oh. So it's like the parallel is really striking there. Mm -hmm. Because the lead guy has cancer and he's going to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And they find out that this guy has cancer and he's supposedly going to kill himself. So, you know, it all just sort of goes together. And this woman is the one very unlikely person to pursue his murder. So it was very good. Um, Anthony Horwitz uh, wrote another book about Sherlock Holmes that I found kind of... Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> that face. Just, I've read a lot of books about Sherlock Holmes and that whole kind of counterculture around Sherlock Holmes and reimagining of Sherlock Holmes and all of those types There's of books. There's been a lot with Sherlock There's Holmes. There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, and he wrote one like that. And I'm trying to think of what it's called. Moriarty. Okay. And I thought I was going to like it, and I just at the end kind of went, eh. It's yeah. just one of those things. Yeah, and he's, he's written several other books as well that I was sort of lukewarm about for whatever reason. I don't remember right now. But however, this one I would recommend. And it is a bestseller at the moment. Ooh. Is it? Well, I don't know if it's a bestseller. I'm, I've, so it's I've it's it out there out. in the bookstore right now. It's, it's a hardcover, I think. I've seen it around, but I haven't actually. Yeah. You know, I'm not big on murder, murder mysteries. I know, so I know. It's not one that I've ever checked out. But somebody who is into murder mysteries, I think, might enjoy it. Sometimes I am. Because you've got that extra layer of stuff that's going on in there. Yeah, to think about. So, yeah, it was pretty good. That is always good. Yeah. And I'm dying to do this other one. Oh, my gosh. Next week. You got to wait until next week. Oh, it's <laughs> killing me. Or maybe the week after because, you know, it, it's it's fallen into the wackadoo ca- uh, category. And, you know, you know, we talked about doing maybe some wackadoo. Well, if we do that, I got to find a book. Yeah. I got to find out. Because the book I'm reading right now is about psychics, a family of psychics. Psychics. Yeah. Ooh, I could do the Museum of Extraordinary Things. That's a good one, too. Martha, you, you would love that one. Would I? Yes. <laughs> it would be like a beach read, too. It was, I think I, re- I actually read it on the beach. <laughs> oh, man. So. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking I might kind of see if anybody else wants to hop in on that one. Maybe we can do a whole, you know, maybe we could dim the lights and do a seance right here. At the- <laughs> well, if we do, if we do that, I thought you were going to, if, if we do one of those episodes, I thought you were going to do that. That one nonfiction psychic. How to be a, or how to in something something psychic. How to make your psychic powers more. Something. How to practice being a psychic, or I don't remember or, what it's called. Yeah, but I how thought to develop you were your do that. psychic skills. I thought you were going to do that one. God dang it! This one is so good, though. But th- what I'm saying is, you could still do this one next week, and we can still do a wackadoo episode, and you could read that other book and do that for the wackadoo. Oh uh-huh. yeah, I suppose I we could do just, a quote. Non-fiction wackadoo. I'm reading um, Boy in the Striped Pajamas, and I don't want to quit reading that to read a wackadoo book. All right. <laughs> I'm back in my historical fiction, dang it. Oh, historical fiction. Well, I, was like, I was like, are we doing a non-fiction? We're never getting her no. out. She's no. going to be digging deep. She's like an armadillo when she gets into that. I know. You and cannot, I cannot. Have... have you ever seen an armadillo? <laughs> 
They are so focused <laughs> on doing what they're going to do. You can beat the shit out of them with a shovel. I have done that. To keep them from digging into your yard where your dog is trying to eat them. And they'll still do it. And they'll still go. Oh, yeah. Not that you're an armadillo or anything. That actually sounds like something I would might do. Maybe not if a dog was trying to eat me. I, I might that might change my mind. But when I get pretty focused, I'm right in there. And speak, speaking of focus, there's a new Ken Follett book out. What? What? <laughs> what book is that? I don't remember, but I saw it when I was um, looking because a lot of times on Overdrive. Mm-hmm. I will go in and... Is it a series? It's just one book? I have no idea. I didn't... I did not look (laughs) at it, but it was on the list of recently released books Mm -hmm. in Overdrive. And I go in and that's where I start standing in line for the books. I get on there right away and I I change the the filters so that it's by release date. Mm -hmm. And then the pre-releases pop up. So you can actually get in line for the books before they put them in the library. Oh, that's so, handy. Yeah. Hmm. So it's kind of cool because then you see the new books that are coming out from your library and you don't have to wait until there's 50 people on the list. Although sometimes, because other people do what I do too, you still have to get in line for the 50 people. Right. Well, you know, I like Ken Follett. Yes. And I, I just want you guys to know that I, I did bow a little bit to peer pressure. And I checked out book two of the Game of Thrones okay. because I tried book one and found it suckish. Well, we have a guest major summary that's going to talk about Game of Thrones, right? So, yeah. So I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll just skip book one because I didn't like it. So maybe somehow, magically, I won't hate book two. See, I didn't start watching the series because I wanted to read them first and then... My family members are all like super into Game of Thrones. Everybody I, that watches it every, seems to be just crazy about well, it. Every episode I ever caught, they killed the only characters I liked. And I was like, well, I'm not reading the book now. I was going to kill everybody I like. It's not fun. <laughs> it's like a soap opera in to medieval me. times. And I don't like medieval times. You know, you get into that time period and I am just not interested. <laughs> it, it, I can, I look at the screen or read the book and I can smell their body odor i swear yeah and you know i watched maybe maybe i was in a previous life in that time or something i just do not want to read about i watched a documentary called disgusting cities and they talk about like that time period Mm -hmm. where they dump their shit in the streets and stuff well yeah they not only but they dump their their shit in the streets the horses you know go to the bathroom in the streets and it talks about you know how like when you read a book about it, you talk about all the people that are waiting to talk to the kings and the queens and everything. Right, right. Well, they, it's not like they really had indoor plumbing. So a lot of times, you know, the big dresses that they wore, if they had to go to the bathroom. They squatted down and went to the bathroom and picked their dress up and went to the next spot. So you had Ugh. human waste in like all up and down just walking around in your big princess dress leaving like dog droppings everywhere that's weird yeah see now this is so i mean (laughs) you can't unhear that people now (laughs) now i do like the medieval times and i like reading books about kings and queens and stuff like that and i'm still reading the the philippa gregory Uh series that whole thing which I've been reading at work, like just way, way back in my mind, every once in a while it pops back up <laughs> that, 
you know, when they talk about the people waiting to talk to the king or yeah. the queen, that they just I, go to the bathrooms in the corners of the room. Yeah. Gross. And I, I, the other thing I really don't like, I don't like, I really have, I have issue with the way women were treated. Yeah. I have a huge issue with oh, yeah. the way women were treated. And I know that I would have died immediately if I had lived in those times mm-hmm. because I have a mouth on me and I'm not putting up with any shit. Mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't have been killed. You just would have been an burned old as spin- a witch. spinster. I would have been Nobody burned as a witch. Married you Hanged, off. beaten, raped. Yeah. But I tell you what, this one Philippa Gregory book that I'm reading, it's, it's like a um, medieval reality show. The people are just conniving and backstabbing, and well, everybody has alternatives. Like. That's okay. The other issue I had with Game of Thrones, watching it, why is there so much rape? I don't understand why everybody's raping each other in every episode. That's why. It's because of what I said. <laughs> so much That's rape. The time period. It's rapey. It's very it's rapey. rapey. And huh. like even like the consensual stuff, and they show way too much of it, just looks rapey. I'm like, that doesn't look fun for her. Like. <laughs> <laughs> She looks like he's a babe. She looks like she hasn't had a bath in six weeks, which she probably hasn't. Think of all the bacteria up in there. The only few episodes <laughs> that I watched of Game of Thrones, the sex scenes, nobody was ever facing each other. I know. And maybe like, the body odor is why nobody was ever facing each other. It's like, I can smell you. I can smell thee. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, even, it's just. <laughs> they have to keep their noses far away. Ugh. Well, it's really, like, I don't know. This yeah. does not look pleasurable to me at all. No, I like, still kind of want to watch Game of Thrones and kind of don't want to watch Game of Thrones. Well, I'm really going to try, you guys. I I tried the first season of Game of Thrones. It didn't take. I tried the first book. It didn't take. So I'm going to just skip forward and go to book two and see if I can make it work. I checked it out and I'm ready to go. So yeah. as soon as I finish this really excellent book I'm reading about a family of psychics, I'm going to plunge in, and then maybe we'll get... Actually, Turbo, he's the guy that he wants to come on and talk about the Game of Thrones, is so keen that he's like, okay, I've got these YouTube videos for you guys to watch so that you'll find out what the world of Westeros is like, and I want you all to, you know, to prepare so that we can talk about it. And I'm like, dude, I don't think you're quite getting the concept here. When's he going to be on? Maybe I'll... Because, you know... um, Christy, who was on and talked about Anne Rice yeah. a while back, mm-hmm. she let me borrow all of the Game of Thrones and told me just to do- donate them to the library when I was done. Oh. Well, I haven't watched them yet. They're still sitting in my curio cabinet. So maybe we'll try. When just, is he going to be on? And well, I'll... we're going to have to put him off because Kristen's coming in next week. She's the oh, just she's one of our sales can... girls and she's going to come in. She likes espionage. I can binge watch me some. Game of Thrones, but right now I'm still watching. You're gonna feel like you need a shower after you watch it. (laughs) Like I'm not kidding. My dad, my dad and my brothers are having me watch it because apparently I ask too many questions when I come in and watch the like two episodes that I ever watch with them. Mm -hmm. But so my dad's like trying to get me to watch from the beginning, and I'm watching. I've watched like three or four episodes, and then this scene comes on with the imp Tyrion Lannister and another prostitute, another one because you know there's not enough for him apparently in the first season. And like just the sex scene starts, and I was like, "Dad, I'm I'm gonna go take a shower. I'm done. Like, <laughs> I, I need to know, go scrub. Don't want to think about any of this for." All right, I guess episode fifty can be one for the books. Yeah, mm-hmm. one for the one for the record books. Whoop, 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 whoop. 
50. Episode 50. Nifty 50. All right. That's going to do it for Three Book Girls.